Welcome to a brand new episode of Humming Fools, a weekly podcast and amateur auditory guide hosted by nobodies and dedicated to the artists, dreamers, or anyone out there with the creative urge. I am one of your nobodies, Kyle Stuke, and I am joined by my other nobody and co-host Noah Bosley. Noah, how are you? Pretty good. How are you? You're looking at your phone. I feel like you're not being perfect. <laughs> in my notes. I don't believe you. Anyway, and we are joined by the star of this evening, our lovely guest, Ashton. How are you? I'm doing great. I am so thankful that you're here. Um, thank you for having me. It, yes, thank you. I mean, I, we said this before, but just for our listeners, you were the most lovely person to work with in getting this whole thing set up. <laughs> it was so easy. It was very professional. So thank you. I think I got a year of my life back. Wonderful. <laughs> so I'm trying to do. So Ashton, can you really quick um, just give our listeners a taste of who you are and what you do and the specifics of uh, creativity, who you are as an artist? My name is Ashton Barbary, and I'm an internationally touring folk singer, and I write lots of songs, and I'm based here in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Fantastic. You nailed it. And um, we were talking about this as we walked up, but I discovered you just through like a random Instagram black hole. I don't know what was happening. <laughs> I was scrolling. It was late. And then I was like, ooh, artist. Like saw the mm-hmm. ukulele. Maybe it was a guitar. I wasn't yeah. sure. And I was like, ooh, artist, yes, because I have a whole list of notes of people to interview. And I was like, I'll just do it right now. You know, like I got nothing else. I'll message her. And then you messaged me back, and I was like, sweet, we got it set up. I told Noah, and Noah was like, oh, did you see her at Creekside? And I was like, no, I was just I was just on an Instagram black hole. But then I flashed <laughs> back like a movie, and I remembered seeing you at Creekside mm-hmm. a year earlier. I got a sticker from you. I voted for you. There was something oh, where yeah. I was supposed to vote to get the sticker. Yeah, I ended up, that was a competition to get on the Bike Rack Records, and Due to your vote, I made it on. You heard it here, folks. Yeah. Oh, Kyle. I you am did the result. I did it. Um, and then the other connection was speaking of the bike rack records, my friend and the uh, editor who mixes this podcast, he works at Haxton and also oh, mixed that album. So he knew who you were. And I was Jacob like, Cub? Uh, no, Corey Nelson. So he's not one of the okay. main ones, but. Um, so it's all connected oh, awesome. and it's magic and fate <laughs> brought us here today to talk about you. So let's talk about you. Um, you are living the dream. A lot of time here on the show, we kind of, we dive back and forth between people who are trying to get to where they want to be, but aren't necessarily there or they're there and it's awesome. And I feel like you're there in the sense that you are a full-time musician, and that's awesome. So first off, just congratulations. Thank that your you. profession is your dream. You know, you're getting to make music um, focus solely on that. Um, let's go backwards, though. When did you first start playing music? And then we'll we'll weave this whole narrative. So um, the first, like, formal lessons I had were in second grade. I started doing piano lessons. But before that... Um, my mom always had instruments around the house and she had a lot of musical friends that would have their instruments out. And so there's actually like recordings of me singing original songs when I was like four and five mm. and they're really silly <laughs> and but not structured very well. <laughs> but um, I've been writing songs like I guess since I was four, but didn't start performing until um, 2011. Okay. And, uh, I think also along with you said in second grade, there was also a talent show that mm-hmm. you competed in. Yeah. 
What did you perform there? Do you um, remember? It was the song from the Annie musical about the dog. I do not know this. It's song. like a sad. It's a sad song. You oh. sing it to the. It's like the dog on the street, and I had my stuffed animal propped up on the stool, and I was just singing. Oh, it's called. I think it's Dumb Dog. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that does sound like a, a sad. But it was song. my favorite stuffed animal. I brought I brought him up for the talent show, and he got his own chair. And okay, it was really sweet. It okay. was a, it was a cute it was song. tastefully done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not like. <laughs> And the unintelligent dog. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so you said 2011. I also think I remember from reading that it, you were 16 when, and you started performing like in, in bars and other places. Yeah. Um, I was, what do you call it, 15 and then turned 16 that okay. year. So, um, yeah, I started playing in bars when I was 16 and that was really interesting. I learned yeah, I a lot like really quick. intimidating. Yeah, it was um, – it especially like it was intimidating for me, and then also like my mom, because she would be like going to a bar and be like, "Oh no, my daughter's here! Like yeah. she's not old enough to be here." <laughs> what is the what was the conversation that happens? Like, how did you end up in a bar playing music? Was someone like hearing you play somewhere and was like, "She's really good. She should play in my bar," or like, <laughs> "She should play for drunk people." <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, so I started. Um. How all this got started was. I started uh, playing at the farmer's market with my friends in middle school in 2011 with a group, and we named it Farmer in the Markets. I love that name. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, I've heard it's the worst band name in our area. No, I reject it. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> I laughed out loud Good. and had a little smile on my well, face. Well, uh, yeah, the even better part is we get messages like regularly when people think we're the farmer's market. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what, what, time what time are you guys you get, open? Yeah. 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 yeah, we got one of those the other day. They were like, it was like a vendor question, and I was like, hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> we don't need produce right now. <laughs> You're a better person than me because I would be tempted to just, like, answer. Play along. Yeah, listen, play we, got, we got five squash. You know, like, what kind of farmer's <laughs> You only have five squash. I'm like, listen, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, so we were playing at the farmer's market, and then people started being like, oh, these, these kids are cute. Maybe they should play our wedding or a work party. And so then we started doing, like, corporate events and city festivals, kids' events, birthday parties, and – Eventually, that led to, oh, hey, I own this restaurant, or I'd like to see you at this bar. And then we started getting contacted, and I kind of branched off into some other um, projects, way too many bands, before okay. I got to where I am now. <laughs> and um, those would get me into different bars, and now I think i played most of them in this area. Yeah. So. Um, so what were those initial conversations? Was your mom like, wow, this is super exciting. Let's go. Is it like, whoa, slow down. You're, you're only 16. It sounds like from, again, what I read <laughs> about you, your mom was like, right away, we're going to hit the ground running. Yeah. I'm going to like having you read different religious texts mm-hmm. and having to quote them and really empowering you. Did, was it just kind of like, oh yeah, that's awesome. Go play the show. Yeah. She really liked it. But of course, like, um, I'm like her little girl too. So she, she was always a little protective and like, Oh, you need to be really careful playing in these bars, but like, go for it. Just don't say mom while you're in a bar, like wait till you're over 21 and then you can say mom in a bar. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Good first rule. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so tying in with that, this is something that we kind of have recently started asking everyone that we interview, but I'm curious during that period uh, from second grade to then being 16, playing all these different shows, uh, d- was there a specific point where you reached like, I am an artist doing artist things? Or was it just 
I love music and I'm going to be playing music. And now I guess I'm being paid to play music. Did you, do you now have that artist identity? Does that even make sense to you? Well, I think like even um, from a really young age, like preschool or kindergarten, um, my mom would let me like color on the walls. She'd Mm. give me like all these different mediums and like visual, like, so from a young age, I was around kind of music art and visual art and she would let me like color on the walls or do whatever I wanted. And then she could just paint over it if it wasn't great, you know, and <laughs> your coloring's um, mediocre, <laughs> but I kind of, I just have always known that, uh, I needed like a creative outlet in my life, like at all times. And I don't know if, um, I feel like whenever the point that I realized that, I was like an artist was once I was performing like pretty regularly um, and like had kind of found a voice and I feel like I'm still like adapting and growing and learning. But when I first started kind of figuring out like a sound was when I was like, oh, I guess I'm an artist. Like I'm, I'm doing this full time and it brings me a lot of happiness. Yeah. (laughs) And is it easy, is it easy kind of to own that label of like I am a musician or does it whenever you meet new people not in the context of being at a show or playing a show does it feel weird to be to kind of say that because we we, we're not trying to I'm not trying to project Mm -hmm. myself onto you but we kind of have that thing where we have other jobs yeah we meet people and it's like well what do you do and it's like well this is what I do but this is what I feel like I am but because I don't make money for it I feel weird claiming it so that's why well so it's interesting because because so many people um, do look at like the arts as like a non-profitable um, job. Mm-hmm. Whenever I meet people, particularly like a significant other's parents, it's mm-hmm. always like they're concerned or um, like, what's <laughs> you your okay? real job yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. And and I understand like where they come from from being concerned. And I feel like too quickly I'll be like, oh, don't worry, I have a geology degree. Like it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I wish I did. I wish I didn't bring that up because. It is like a, it's a real thing. You can be an artist Mm -hmm. and do it full time. And I'm doing it. But for some reason, I'm just used to everybody questioning it. I feel defensive. defensive. I don't even mean to. (laughs) Yeah, like that. It's like you are a full time musician. But you're like, I have a geology degree. (laughs) Don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) So speaking of that moment, like when, uh, when for you, uh, was it like, oh, I've made it? Because, again, there's lots of cool things that you've been know. involved I don't, in. I, I mean, I don't think um, – for me, I like, I don't think I've made it. It's just uh, I'll set goals and for the year and for five years. And whenever I – like last year, I got to my two-year goals mm-hmm. within the first year. And I was like, wow, this is really great. But I don't have like a – like making it as a musician is some people think about it like you have to have a top hit or maybe some people it's playing internationally, but everyone ha- kind of makes it into their own. It's what you want it to be. Yeah. And um, for me, I I just, I want to keep, I want to see new places and uh, travel more internationally and maybe get some like bigger shows internationally and, Across the U.S., but yeah, it's just always a set the goal higher type kind of, of thing a for moving me. target. Yeah. yeah, that's how I look at it. No, and I think I think that's a great uh, correction on your part because everyone does have in their head different mindsets of yeah. what that entails. And, so. and some people just if they're um, they've made it if they're just staying at home and aren't playing out and they're just writing songs and fulfilling themselves. Like mm-hmm. if that's made it to them, that's great. 
Yeah. Um, so speaking of goals, what kind of like as you started to recognize like, oh, I'm getting these different gigs and, um, you know, kind of becoming, you know, known around this area, mm-hmm. uh, did you kind of have your own manager mindset of like, okay, these are the things that I mm-hmm. need to do to get to where I want to be? Um, so what were those? Like, what, how was your early process of trying to expand your horizon or set those mini goals that you're talking about? I mean, so while, um, so while I was in school full time, I was on like 19 hours, which was a pretty heavy load. Um, I was doing 300 shows a year around Northwest Arkansas. And um, sometimes I would venture off like to um, a city or venue that was maybe two or three hours away, but usually not more than that because I would have to get back to school the next morning. Yeah. So um, once I graduated, um, from the university, I um, my immediate goals were get up and play New York City and tour Colorado and start to get out there. And um, so once I was able to not be like having to come back to town yeah. Monday through Friday, then it allowed me to start these new goals of getting out of town. Okay. So that was one of the first ones was playing New York and um, they wouldn't let me play there until I turned 21. So <laughs> I played at uh, the venue I really wanted to when I was 20 and I was turning 21 at midnight. Oh, my <laughs> oh that's cool. It was funny. They're like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> you tricked us. Yeah. <laughs> you, you bamboozling kids. Mm-hmm. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. So let's, again, we're going to kind of bounce all over the place. So just roll with me okay. here. I mean, it's your life. So you're like, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> Listeners are like, this timeline's confusing. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> tell me about the um, the Ozarks Orchestra. Ozarka? Uh, yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so Ozarka um, Orchestra was, I think that was about, I've, Look it up. Maybe we could look it up on what year it was. Yep, twenty four February first, twenty fourteen. Yeah. Nailed it. So, um, yeah, in twenty fourteen, I had a dear friend named uh, Joey who was doing. He was uh, for a long time very intrigued by international studies, and he was got into like Middle Eastern studies hmm. and stuff like that, and um, had always played accordion and these very worldly instruments, and um, he had a dream band which would be getting all of his friends together and playing traditional music that is kind of underrepresented in this area. Oh, nice. So um, we played like traditional Greek and Romani songs and Turkish songs. And many of them were like standards that any of those people would know and love. Hmm. And uh, we would play at the library and tell like story, the historical stories about these songs before we played them. And it was a really beautiful thing. I loved it. And it was, we were all best friends, mm. 13 of us. It was crazy. That sounds really cool. Yeah. And so we were, so you were able to see then people whose those songs were, their country were from, yeah. like react to mm-hmm. seeing that. How was that? I mean, it was really, it was really incredible. It, um, we always, I wish that I spoke, that I spoke like fluently the languages that we were doing. Instead, we would just, um, we'd go to the Joey was able to speak them, but we would go to the university professors and have them go through translations and pronunciations with oh, us. That's awesome. So any song we sang, we made sure that we were pronouncing things correctly and knew the translation and story behind it and how poetic it was and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, we didn't weren't fluent in those languages, so yeah. 
Well, that's cool to take on the the challenge because I mean I could see a lot of people being like, oh, it's a cool idea, but yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I can't do that. Yeah, I took two <laughs> semesters of Turkish, but I was like, this is difficult. <laughs> I tried to learn a little bit. Yeah, no, I mean, it's more than I've done. And again, like the fact, I think that would be, that's really special for people to see people in the country they're currently living mm-hmm. engage with them and be like, yeah. hey, like your story matters. And we recognize like you probably don't get to, to have that community as much. And so like, we're going to take the time to. Yeah, it was really special. Do you, so has that ended or do you guys still come together? Every no, now and we've then? all, there was so many of us and everyone was in like six bands. And so it really <laughs> wasn't realistic to meet together for practices. And um, whenever you can't practice too much, things start to, we all grew apart and graduated from school mm-hmm. and fell in love. And that. So it's like, we don't play now, but yeah, we have recordings. Um, that are unreleased that maybe will be released soon. Oh, so boy. Mm, you heard it here. Uh, well, I mean, it sounds like a movie. Just like all yeah. these friends coming together and their lives going a different way. I could just see them in my mind and it was yeah. beautiful. So thank you. <laughs> I'm going to take it. Um, no. <laughs> Transition from that, tell me about the, and I think we'll probably, you'll have more, a little bit more to say about this, but the um, House of Psalms experience and kind of what led to that happening for you. Okay, so um, the House of Songs is a nonprofit organization that started in Austin, Texas, and uh, they recently opened a new location in the Ozarks. The house is actually in Bentonville. And what they do is they bring um, musicians in from around the world and encourage collaboration by giving you um, the perfect environment. And uh, they'll kind of partner you up with people to co-write that um, they think might be interesting, or sometimes you can have an input on it. Um then you're you're given like an amount of time um, for the songwriting camps where in three hours you co-write with someone and then you have a new song. Okay. Here. But um, they do a lot of really neat things like for artists, like with help. Um, they helped me get over to Europe with a grant to bring the band. And that's great. Um, I know they they've brought in artists from Australia and different places like that. Very cool. Well, let's talk about the collaboration for a second because co-writing has always been something that like blows my mind because it's just hard for me to imagine. And I know that initially it was kind of weird for you, Mm -hmm. but it ended up being a good experience. But can you just walk me through what that looks like? You have two people. They're kind of like, yes, co-writing. With someone you don't know. Yeah, with someone you don't know. Like (laughs) two action figures, you just shove them together and you say, write a song I start to think about that I'm like oh that sounds so awful like yeah. I know it works <laughs> but it sounds awful so what is it like I, I know you said I think you take a you know like an hour to get to know each other that's really yeah, how so it starts they're all different the very first one I did it was really funny because I'd never co-written a song and the girl I was writing with had never co-written a song either and so we both were like hmm what do we do how do we do this and uh so for that one, what we ended up doing is we were like, hey, because we've both never co-written before, do either one of us already have some sort of idea that we're running with and maybe want to build on? Or mm-hmm. We are stuck either lyrically or melodically or um, just a structure or a, a topic that mm-hmm. we've been wanting to write about. And um, we talked for a long time and you want to make sure you can find – um, that you're writing a song about something you both can relate to because if you're writing a song about swimming and someone's never swam before, then mm-hmm. they're not going to be able to contribute equally. And yeah, 
it might not be very sincere, you know? Mm. So, um, there's a lot of time put into getting to know each other. And, uh, I've done one where like half the time we were just talking and then Mm -hmm. the song just came out so quick and we were like, Oh my God, we love it. Mm. It just happened. We didn't even mean to. Wow. I want to see that. It just sounds like, sounds like witchcraft to me. I'm like, (laughs) I don't get it. (laughs) Yeah. Usually. So like if I have a songwriting notebook, um, that's in my backpack, but it has on the, you'll open it up and I'll have like a topic written down that we were writing about. And, um, then beneath that, I'll do like free writing and brainstorming. So you start coming up with little phrases or sayings or all of your thoughts on that topic. Mm-hmm. And after that, try to think of a form and stuff like that. Then work on a chorus and verses. And sometimes you can split it up and um, take turns writing verses or piece your stuff together into a chorus or a ver- like there's different ways to do it. Okay. Also, no, did I interrupt you? I feel no, like you no, were no, no, no. Oh, no. you didn't? No. Okay, well then please don't interrupt me. Uh, <laughs> uh, so going back then to the the process of writing. So uh, you're doing a lot of solo stuff now. Is that correct? Or are you still doing a lot of band? Oh, so I um, because I play music full time, mm-hmm. I keep a pretty full schedule. And uh, to do that, I keep a lot of variety. So okay. I do solo shows and then I'll do a duo um, I do various duos with like my bass player and guitarist and trumpet player and boyfriend and mm-hmm. just as many combinations as I can. And then I do full band shows as well. Okay. It just makes it where you can play at all the venues. Yeah. Is your, is your, is your full band, uh, like a permanent band or is yeah. it a rotating? Kind no, of? it's, it's a permanent, it's a, right now, um, it's a trio and that's oh, okay. what we took to Europe and, mm. Nice. And are, so are they are they involved in songwriting at all or is that They aren't right now, but uh we were just talking about uh it would be really fun to do that. From like so far it's just been like, oh, here's some songs you guys like they help me um find neat harmonies or mm-hmm. sometimes we'll be like, oh, maybe we should add another chorus or let's do a bridge here or I'd really like if the solo chords were this. So they have some input on like the live structure um whenever we're playing together, but mm-hmm. we've talked about writing together and I hope we do so soon because we do have like good chemistry as a band. Yeah. So because you have so much variety, is it kind of like you don't necessarily have a preference between writing your own stuff and writing with others or do you enjoy the collaboration more? Well, something that's really interesting about collaborating is um, they'll come, they'll, they're going to be better or have a different perspective on a style that you're not used to. Mm-hmm. So they may be really good at writing pop songs and you've never written a pop song before and it gets you out of your element and it helps you grow as a musician, lyrically, melodically, in every way. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, I love like, I feel like every co-write, I get out of my comfort zone a little bit and then I feel like I've grown. Nice. Well, I think that, I think that alternate, perspective is always super helpful. I was mm-hmm. talking to someone today. I'm like, I don't ever want to like just have anything I've made and then have it go straight to people. I love yeah. that second eyes and know is that for me mm-hmm. uh, with my writing is I feel confident in it, but mm-hmm. there's always something. And even if it's not like, oh, he's more versed in this genre, but still just having like that person wouldn't say that or like that was weird. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> He's glorious with that. Uh, but I, I think that's kind of cool. The willingness to dabble in another 
genre mm-hmm. and how, how that would even work then. I'm like, okay, well, well, now we're doing country or now yeah. we're in folk and that's where you're good. So I'm going to, you know, be a little bit more loosey goosey, mm-hmm. hmm. but, um, so, and then also with your, cause you mentioned a lot of different people that you play with and yeah. so you have lots of different shows. Do you and your boyfriend, um, do, like write stuff together too, or is that more covers or, um, we've written like one song together so far mm-hmm. and we plan to write some others, but for now, um, just like some covers, and shows where it makes sense, we'll play together. Mm-hmm. What does he play? Um, usually baritone guitar. Okay. And then like harmonies. Cool. Nice. And so obviously I've listened to um, a lot of your music that I could have access to online. Uh, but for our listeners, what kind of stuff do you play? And then I want to specifically dive into the stuff that you're interested in writing about and why. But first, let's just start off with... What kind of music do you play? You said at the beginning. But. Yeah. Um, I would say indie Americana, which is kind of a subgenre beneath folk. Um, and sometimes more like country or blues. But or there's a jazzy folk song on the album too, but mostly indie Americana. Okay. And then with uh, the writing of that, what kind of themes and subjects are at well, the base can, of a lot? You can use... Uh, I um, use subjects, like any subject for that type of music. I feel Mm. like people get pretty stuck in like, oh, it's a country song. We need to sing about these certain things over and over again. Yeah, like a cup and a truck and stuff. (laughs) um, I really like, I don't don't let that limit me. I like to, if I want to write a song about anything, I'll turn it into a... Okay. So do you find your interest consistently very broad? um, Or, I mean, is there stuff that kind of keeps popping up for you? It seems really broad. Um, Maybe it's because I've been doing so many co-writes lately. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, um, I'm trying to think of some of the recent stuff. I mean, sometimes it'll be like, be like, oh no, we made a dark song and it's on ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> no, that but, sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, but but people don't know. It's like a surface level enough um, wording where you can't tell and people smile and dance to it. Mm-hmm. Like there was a um, recent song that I wrote with a violinist named Megan Palmer and it was a really like lighthearted song called What We've Become and it was just like um, – how we could have been born in a different place or given a different name, but we made it to where we're here, to how we got here. And even how, um, when you go through like bad experiences, they brought us to where we are now. And, mm-hmm. and we're very thankful for that. And, uh, there was like dark under dark stories that led to that song, but it was a really like light song that makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. So you hearing that song, you wouldn't have thought that would be the topic. And it's kind of fun to, Keep it that way. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and I mean, like, it's never bad to be, you know, kind of in your own pool that you're comfortable in mm-hmm. and like playing that stuff and being known for. But I think for you, like, that's really cool that, you know, as you continue to move forward and you look back on your, you know, body of work, you're like, I'm all over the place. Yeah. And that's fun. It's really fun. Some, um, I was told whenever I released 
um, my EP last year that I need to focus a little bit. And it's like, I kind of like to go all over the place. I'm, I'm going to, I really enjoy that. So I'm going to yeah. keep doing it. Good. I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a music person. So I, I, me affirming you, there's probably some producer out there. who's like, no, he's an idiot. What are you doing? But I think it sounds like a yeah. good idea. So I affirm you. Good. Uh, <laughs> this random guy said Kyle named Kyle said I should do it. So I'm yeah, do it. Okay. Um, so another thing that we like to do is we kind of beyond our, you know, guests and our interviews, we have our topic uh, episodes where we choose certain things to talk about. And so one of them was um, about doing things you hate, the art of doing things you hate, and kind of the (laughs) idea that uh, with the dream job or making it, I put that in quotations for you listeners, um, (laughs) that you think that there's never going to be anything bad. It's like, oh, my dream job, I've made it, I will, everything about will be awesome. But it's like, everything it's still work you know and so i'm curious for you um with uh being a full-time musician Mm -hmm. having all these different gigs and stuff what uh isn't fun about it what's the stuff that's kind of hard or isn't you know fun for you to do and then how do you power through that stuff to where it doesn't take away from the fun of your dream i think a challenge that um like i face as an artist that when it's something where it's like, oh, I really don't want to do that is the shows where like nobody's listening and they don't care and your background music. Mm-hmm. And um, there's like some things that can be like in a way how I look at it is I'm like, you know what? This makes me tougher. It's like I'm playing to a brick wall. Like I joke about some venues being like a brick wall mm-hmm. and um, it makes me stronger and tougher. And it's a great place for me to like, uh, be comfortable with myself on stage or with bandmates and it makes it where the shows where people listen really mean a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I remember being at George's and it was Penny and Spare and they were being opened for by a smaller band named Lowland Hum and no one cared because yeah. <laughs> they were the opener. No one cared at all. And I was I could, I was close enough to the stage where I could hear them. And I was like, this is so good. (laughs) And they, their faces, they didn't communicate at all that they were like unhappy. And I was just like, wow, like that must be really hard. No, well, you just, um, they probably weren't unhappy. Like you can, you, you stay alive as a musician, like finding happiness with your bandmates or with yourself, even when you're playing shows that aren't ideal, Mm -hmm. like you have to like power through and make it work. Yeah. And I think that's what's, again, important and cool about that fact is that you can be a full-time musician and you can be loved by a lot of people. But, like, no matter what, just because there's so many people, there's so many opinions, you're not always going to be someone's cup of tea or Mm -hmm. who you're around may not be a considerate person. They may be drunk. They may be on their phone. Um, And so to to be able to be like, this is part of the job. I don't like it. but. To work through that. So actually about kind of the struggles, the ups and downs of being a musician, um, recently at the House of Songs, me and uh, Crystal from a band called The um, Ordinary Elephant, mm-hmm. we wrote a song called Rhythm of the Road. And it's exactly about that. It's about playing in bars where someone yells at you, better luck next time. And then someone Ugh. walks up and and then is sincerely thanking you for what you wrote and how it impacted them. And um it's a really powerful song. We're going to, the my like live trio, we're going to release a video of that this Friday. Mm, but it has fantastic. to do with the ups and downs of being an artist. 
Very cool. Well, and by the time that this uh, episode airs, it will be out, so we'll be sure to put a link to that in cool. the show notes. Um, what was the name of the song again? Rhythm of the Road. Okay. And you noted that um, from going over to Europe that it's very different. Um, and I'm sure, again, umbrella statements, there's mm-hmm. going to be some people who suck anywhere. But in Europe, they're much more attentive to what's happening. Yeah, um, it was crazy. People actually... Um, they would listen to you. I mean, there were we were in cities we'd never been to before, and uh, there was like packed houses. And once someone got up to introduce you for the night, everyone was completely silent. It was like mm. it was kind of terrifying because I was like, "Oh my gosh, they're listening to me!" <laughs> and um, they actually cared and came up and talked, and they weren't on their phones. If they were, it was to take a picture to talk about it online, and. Um, it really made me um, want to spend more time over there and try to bring some of the characteristics of those shows back here however I can. Like, mm-hmm. show people, like, look, they do this over there. We could do it, too. Yeah. It's great. Put your phone away. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then just to go backwards really quick, those those moments where people, you know, aren't attentive or yelling out, you know, nasty things or whatever – for you, is it easy to to get over that stuff or do you carry that with you? So whenever I – that was part of the thing. Like right now it's so easy. But whenever I was 16, like think about um, like emotionally how mature you are when you're yeah. 16. If you're, if you're at like singing in a bar and especially how rude drunk people can be and someone mm-hmm. – like I had people tell me like you shouldn't – you shouldn't be singing, just let the guy sing, or you shouldn't write songs, or you're just like the replaceable girl with a dress playing ukulele. Like, I people would say such mean things to me. And so it made me like really tough and just like really defensive and independent. And so now like people can say whatever they want and I'm like, oh, it's fine. Like (laughs) it doesn't, it actually doesn't bother me. Like I, I show to them it doesn't bother me, but really on the inside, like between us, it I can just brush it off now. You're like, I'm having a good time. I don't know what you're yeah. so upset about. <laughs> I'm a full-time musician. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that, I mean, it ties into one of the other songs you mentioned earlier, which is like, obviously we would never wish that upon a 16-year-old girl. Like, hey, you need to have people be terrible to you and make it harder mm-hmm. when you're starting out. But then it's, like you said, now you're, it's like you're kind of thankful because that yeah. created the person you are right now who's confident in themselves and happy. Yeah, I'm really, like, I'm sure at that time, like, when I was 16 and I was, like, crying on the way home and, like, all sad. I'm like, this is awful. Why am I doing this? And now it's like, I'm really glad that happened. Because of that, I'm right where I am right now and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> But that's not an affirmation for you people out there being <laughs> punks. And, and I hope you're yeah, not don't listening. Be mean. <laughs> yeah, don't be mean. Be nice. We only have nice listeners. Uh, but uh, <laughs> um, so <clears throat> we we we've briefly mentioned um, bike rack, and we mm-hmm. talked about the voting process for that. So walk me through that though, going backwards in the timeline. How did you uh, become aware of that contest, and then what did you do to promote being voted for? How did it work? And then we'll get to the end result. Okay, so the contest actually wasn't like a public entry contest. Mm-hmm. Within Bike Rack, they had, um, they had chosen, I think, like nine artists. And then they were kind of unsure who to put as the 10th one. So it was uh, me and two of my friends. Oh, no. <laughs> that sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it was like me and two of my friends. And we all went against each other. 
for like the last slot. And so me and like my close friend, we were like, okay. At the beginning, I was like, look, if either one of us get it, let's both record on the song. Mm. Like you're you're a great friend and I really respect you. And it was like mutual deal. So I had her come and do harmonies on the okay. album. But, oh, that's cool. Um, it was like a, it started off as like a public vote um, deal where you were sharing, you were sharing like a, you would tag me and share something on Facebook. I can't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. And then they counted those up. And then that was, and then there was an in-person vote where it was like beer sales. Okay. So we all represented different ales and then people to vote for you, they would drink that beer and cheer at your show. Okay. So. Oh, but was that skewed by people liking a certain beer more than another? Yeah. Or? And I was curious about that too, because, um, like I was representing the golden and like I had a friend come there and they kept ordering a different one. And I was like, why are you ordering that? They're like, like, I'm I sorry. Like that I better. like IPAs. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help it. That's Your drink's gross now. Interesting yeah. system. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it seems like there's a better way, but I mean, I'm not one to Yeah. Judge. I mean, and um, they're still, br- they're bringing in more artists to work for others. I know they did some stuff with those artists. Like they put on a cool show and stuff like that. And mm. this next year I've heard they're doing like a R&B Okay. Oh, that'd be cool. That's you and me, Noah. Yeah, we we're there. <laughs> <laughs> I won't even know where to start. Actually, yeah. I'll compete against you. Oh, okay. Well, listen, if you get it, can I do background? You can and do if, harmonies. Okay. Yeah. And so you said also, would you say there was two friends? Yeah. That, so are you still friends with the other one? Yeah. Did she get to be on background? Because oh, I only heard one who was got to be on background vocals. <laughs> well, so. it was like one was like a close friend. One was like, oh, like we know each other and we're acquaintances. But mm. it was a guy and like um, – we did a show together at Bike Rack after that, but I haven't really kept up. I think he's um, – his brother is on the label, and he's playing with his brother. Maybe. Oh, okay. Well, maybe there's some bias anyway, so you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to start some gossip. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and then once you were, um, you know, announced being able to be that 10th artist, yeah. what was that like? A, getting that opportunity, and then B, what did it look like getting to record there and everything? Okay, so um, – what it allowed us to do was they um they kind of took us under their wings and started helping um they like promised each of us they'd give us some like three or four awesome shows before the release, just mm-hmm. various things they had and then um they so bike rack and House of songs like worked together on that, and um they put us in Haxton and um my album that I recorded in Nashville that was released last year didn't have my like bandmates that live here in Fayetteville. Okay. And so this um, like recording at Haxton allowed me to get my like live band into the studio Mm. and we did an acoustic version of a rock song I had released Mm. and um, it was really wonderful. We were able to get like a really Ozark folk sound and um, I was really happy with the recording from Haxton and then they pressed it on vinyl. I still mm. don't have a record player, but okay. <laughs> was it uh, "Fades Away"? Was that yeah. the song that was on there? I listened to it at work for the cool. first time, and I just I started smiling because it has a freaking guitar solo. And yeah. as a guitarist, that's one thing that's like tragically going away in songs. Oh, yeah. I- I have Jacob do lots of guitar solos. And so I was like, I, I will, because I was like, man, this, first of all, it's a really good guitar solo. So props oh, yeah. to him, but like, yeah, just, he, did, he did that in like one takes solid through. Like really? it's just beautiful. Uh, nice. It's just super groovy, but also like 
no one does that anymore. And it's so sad because yeah. that used to be such a big thing. Like a song is going to, you know, have yeah. the regular parts of the song and then it's going to have a guitar solo at one mm-hmm. point. Um, so it just, it made me happy. But yeah. I'm glad it made you happy. <laughs> I am also glad that it made you happy. Thank you. And I also <laughs> Thanks, forget, guys. I forget about your musical side. Uh, yeah, you're over here joking about y'all being musicians. And he's like, but wait. He's like, but Kyle, <laughs> really, I do want to be an artist. <laughs> <No. laughs> That'd be awful. Well, no, let's, let's, take a, let's take a quick little detour and shine the spotlight on you. Give oh. Ashton a quick little break. No, don't. You know, don't, don't worry. We're going to keep this about you, Ashton. But <laughs> I did for some reason. I was doing some Photoshop for Instagram. And I was trying to find a picture of your face to, to put on one of our social media things. Mm. And I saw pictures <laughs> of you playing in Poor John's in Siloam Springs back yeah. at the original location. Back in the day, you looked very passionate. You were like eating the microphone. I was passionate. What were you playing? I don't and why remember. wasn't I there? Uh, it was, <laughs> I don't even know if we really knew each other at the time. I think we did, and I feel hurt, but continue <laughs> with your story. Um, it was a, a two man band, it was me and my friend Jason, and we wrote a few songs together, and then that show was mostly covers. Uh, okay. I'm trying to remember. Um, I think Madness by Muse mm. was uh, yeah, the one that, that <laughs> see had, we can start a band <laughs> that had pictures and like there was some footage of it. Um I'll find that footage. Okay. But I don't know. I don't know where it is. I don't know if it's still up. Okay. Um we can find it. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh and uh man, we played that. We did Hotel California, which is my Your favorite, favorite song. song, which I learned last week. Yes. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a fun show. That was, I think the only show that we ever played, but it was just like, we're like, why not play a show? Yeah. And, uh, we (laughs) found someone to open for us. (laughs) It was our first show. And she was like a serious musician from She must have liked you guys. Um, and, uh, well, I think she was friends with, with Jason, but like, yeah, it was just fun. We just did it. We, we weren't, you know, we're like, Hey, we're not going to make a living out of this, but it was like, why not play a show? It's yeah. going to be a good time. So anyway. Well, this know. is what I'm thinking, guys. I'm thinking that we do a house show and as opposed to you being vain and assuming you get to be the opening act, we do <laughs> open for Ashton here and uh, we get, but so I win, win, we get to see you perform live mm-hmm. and I get to see you perform live. Cause I have never seen that. And again, I, even though that was a part of you. Yeah, so. I'm in. I didn't either. Sounds fun. Boom, it's decided. <laughs> hey guys, sorry for the quick interruption. This is Kyle, Big Papa from the future, correcting the mistakes of the past. Normally when we have musical guests on, I like to ask them if it's okay if we play one of their songs in the middle of the episode to just give you guys a taste of their talent. But I forgot to do that in the show, and so I had to do it afterwards in editing. So pardon the interruption, but... Um, I'm glad that Ashton were able to figure this out so that you can hear her talent, um, hear that beautiful voice. So without any further ado, here is Ashton Barbary's song, Cinnamon in My Coffee. And when it's done, we'll get back to the interview. Enjoy. Later I learned it was 
back to you ash and thank you for letting me take that detour with my french lover managing all this stuff like the the bike rack record you know all these things do you have a manager or have you navigated this all yourself so i manage myself okay um i i keep lots of lists and i have more lists for my list in order nice. to Lisception. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Way too many lists. Um, but I make sure like once I got out of school, the amount of time I was spending learning about rocks and soil and water, I was mm-hmm. like, once I graduate, I'm gonna spend this amount of time focusing on every aspect of music. So I've been reading like music business books and um learning about like vi- video equipment and recording mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then um like compiling like a big Excel spreadsheet of booking contacts and following up on emails. And nice. it's, it's a lot of work, but I really enjoy it. So. No, that's cool. I mean. Until it's too much for me to handle, I'll do it. Well, that, that was going to be my question. Kind of what the, um, you know, uh, strategy was behind that. If just you wanted control or just, you know, like I don't really want to pay for a manager. Or... Well, I, I guess part of it is just like, I, um, I've always been pretty independent um, like starting college at 16 and mm-hmm. I've always kind of like my mom was a single mom and really tough and like she was always kind of like fend for yourself like I don't know she she made me pretty tough and um, so part of it is just like knowing like I can handle it myself and so like why would I want someone else to yeah. but I but I do recognize that at some point that um, if it continues where I'm at right now that my time might be better spent doing other things than what than spending all this time on the managing side of it, mm-hmm. and I do like accept that. But yeah. for now, I it's I can handle it all, so I'm gonna handle it myself as long as I can. Yeah, that's well, I, uh, no, no. You affirm her first. I'll go second. <laughs> well, if you're gonna affirm it, you go. Cause that's not what mine was gonna be. <laughs> you're not gonna affirm her. Well, you yes. butthole. Yeah, no, I I am, but in indirect way. Okay. <laughs> She's like, guys, just one of you pick something. Like, don't, don't, don't do this cute little argument in front of me. We are adorable. Anyway, uh, I was just going to say that's awesome. Like, I, I know you talked about like, well, you know, I haven't made it. I have these goals and that's, that's valid. But part of what I love about this show is just geeking out how mm-hmm. over how awesome people are. Like everything you just said. And I know it's weird to be complimented by strangers, but – just accept it as much as you can because I do think that's really cool and it ties into 
it's it's a hard journey to to be an artist. It is a valid career. Mm-hmm. You should do it. It is a real thing. You can be proud and hide away your geology degree. Be like, no, I didn't get a degree. But <laughs> I think it's cool to be like, listen, like I can do this because sometimes there is that um, uh, that trait I see in people of being very passionate about art and what they do, but at the same time shying away from trial, shying mm-hmm. away from difficulty or oh, this thing's hard, so like maybe I don't actually want to be an artist. And so I think it's really cool that to say, I think it's really cool that you have your passion, you have your skill set, but then you're willing and enjoy doing these other aspects of it and are kind of like, I'm going to have this until mm-hmm. it's too much and only because I need to focus on the music. And so yeah. that is just a cool story for you mm-hmm. and your mom. Like I'm like, that's sweet. Just yeah, like these two you. awesome women doing awesome stuff. Uh, and I just feel privileged to have you here in this room that I don't own. So <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, Noah, go ahead. Well, no, I I, <laughs> I agree with everything you said, and I was uh, I was going to say that's really inspiring, just because we're we have this ongoing conversation about how much we don't like doing a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, and we're like we we just want to like make like create the stuff. Well, it's all part of like the outcome. Exactly, so. exactly. And so we're like, and and this, it shows in the the finished product every time. It's like, well, we're glad we put in the work mm-hmm. and the, that stuff that we didn't enjoy doing. So yeah, it's it's cool. And it's, I mean, it's, again, selfish. There's lots of reasons we do this show, but the the selfish reason is for ourselves <laughs> to be encouraged and to just learn from other people. And so mm-hmm. we've we've had so many guests where after we talking, we're like should probably just start doing what they're doing. And so that, you know, we one of our guests, Becky, like and I've said this before after her episode, but she told us all about her social media strategy. And Noah and I, again, we're like, oh, we hate social media. We don't want to do it. We just mm-hmm. want to create art. And yeah. she's like, well, it's because you think you're better than it, but you're not. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that's awesome and good to hear because we live in this vacuum. It's just Noah and I talking about mm-hmm. our stuff. And so it's just really cool and, mm-hmm. again, fun to have people come in and it expands our horizons. It makes us better. Again, selfishly, we become more powerful. So um, no more affirmation for you. Anyway, (laughs) you'll you'll get some more. Um, Let's transition to where for you do you enjoy or find yourself um, being most productive while creating? We talked about how there's specific coffee shops that it's more practical for me to go to them. Mm-hmm. They're closer to my house, but for some reason, it's just like, <laughs> eh, I don't like it. Yeah. And it's not because the place is a dump. It just doesn't feel right. So for you, what kind of areas are your creative zones? Where do you feel most inspired? Okay, so when it comes to like actually writing mm-hmm. um, music and structures and stuff like that, I really like to be um, not at my house. Mm-hmm. I usually, um, I've written a lot of songs and I'll like make sure my phone and all electronics are away and then I'll grab my guitar and a notebook and sit in a room that has some sort of natural reverb because it makes me really Mm. comfortable to like try funny things with my voice that if I was in a really dry place I just wouldn't be as comfortable to try it Mm. so like um my mom has this front room with tile and wood walls or like tile floor and wood walls Mm -hmm. and um it has a really nice sound in there and I've written a lot of songs there. And then at the house of songs in Bentonville, there's like, there's rooms full of instruments with wood floors and it's got a really warm sound. And it just, um, having that like surrounding makes it really easy to write songs. Um, when it comes to other creative stuff, like making posters or kind of like advertisements or 
photos for upcoming shows, I always go to coffee shops. I live mm. in coffee shops during the day. Okay. And it's funny you said you don't go to the ones near your house because I don't either. Mm. I'll be like, oh, let me drive across town yeah. to go to this different coffee shop. Nice. But I like to change it up too. Like go, mm-hmm. go to all of them. <laughs> all the coffee shops. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something like fun about, for me, like when I'm driving, like I like doing, I like alternating between music, podcasts, and audiobooks. And so it's, it's sometimes more fun when the location is farther away. Yeah. Like even going to Springdale. Like I'll go to the Onyx I'll in Springdale. I'll go to Bentonville. Nice. Yeah. You're crazy. No. Crazy. <laughs> Slash, have you got, have either of you been to the new Onyx? I don't think it's open yet, but I did see photos. Okay, so that's I what I thought. I don't think it is open yet, mm, but one of my friends not. asked me while we were, is it Rogers? Rogers. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah it's we're beautiful. Mm-hmm. I saw pictures and I was like, this place is going to be crowded. Yes. Yeah. That's the problem. I was like, I wish no one knew about this. No. I it's beautiful. I love it. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't think it'll be too crowded. They have so much space in there. I That's can't a good see point. The, from the photos, there seems like there's lots and like, of like A lot sitting. of people like it and will say they want to go, but it's like the turnout on Facebook events. Probably like one third of the people will go. Okay. Mm, so you'll actually true. be there. I'll actually be there. <laughs> Noah, are you going to be yeah, there? I'll, I'll be there. there. <laughs> All right. Will Smokey be there? Mm, I'll, I'll, I'll sneak him in. My man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My last question before I let Noah ask any of his last questions and then we get to the the fun, little fun part <laughs> is, um, again, tying in just to topics that we've discussed and so curious to get your opinion on. Um, we talked about dealing with disappointment. Kind of mm-hmm. that's a, a thing that not, and it's not, you know, just for artists. Life is full of disappointment. Mm-hmm. And so, again, there's a way to, better deal with that than other ways. And so I'm curious for you throughout this journey with a lot of highs, I'm sure there's been, you know, equally moments of lows or frustration. And so um, I was just wondering if you had any advice or uh, stories that you could tell us of how you've navigated this industry and how you've kept your head up amongst what I'm sure is there's been lots of trial. Well, I mean, you have to, I would say like, a really big thing to keep yourself from getting discouraged is don't compare yourself to mm. other musicians. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, it's really important that as musicians, we like form a strong community and we build each other up and there's not rivalry around town. Mm. I mean, it's all, everyone's going through their own personal struggles. We don't need like group conflict as well. So I think a really good thing is like to form community, co-write with people. That's a really encouraging thing that I've heard. Um, I've had a couple people tell me after we co-wrote together, it got them out of a time where they hadn't written in a long time. And Mm. um, I don't know, just keep working hard. And if it makes you happy and you push it and believe in it, you can make it happen. I, that's, I feel like that's been an ongoing theme whenever we've asked people about it is uh, comparison is kind of a killer. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, kinda... and like, like a tiny bit of it could be encouraging if you're like, hey, sure. let's um, like, are you setting goals? Mm-hmm. I mean, some goals you could be like, oh, what is a musician that I admire? What are they doing? If it motivates and you. So yeah. motivating, like mm-hmm. if you're comparing to gain motivation, that's great. But yeah. if you take the comparison and then you're like, oh no, I can't be that mm-hmm. or I'm not that, then it's just mm-hmm. crumbling. You need to delete Instagram, delete Facebook if you're doing that. Yeah, it's no bueno, yeah. as my people would say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to 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 – Praise one of our past uh, guests, uh, Susie Burleson. She's like a photographer and does a lot of different things. But mm-hmm. she she blew Noah and I's mind because we kind of had the same question. And she said the same thing of 
not comparing yourself, but then when she would find herself comparing herself or getting jealous of people who she would see stuff on social media, like that they did something great, she would make herself contact that person and go, hey, that's so awesome. Like, congrats. Like, so she would channel it into a positive mm-hmm. experience and emotion. Like, I'm so happy mm-hmm. for you. And I was like, you're a better person than Noah and I. Because <laughs> Noah and I, like, no, that's great. burn I- people's houses. So, yeah. <laughs> no, it's great to, like, turn it into a positive, like, encouraging deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's that. like, yeah, it's like. It can I'm be not, hard to do. It's hard. And I think it's also, it, it reveals stuff in your own heart of, like, oh, I think I want this for maybe the wrong reasons. Or, mm-hmm. like, I think I'm a little insecure to where this is hard Yeah, you have to make sure be. that you're yourself. I mean, um, a big thing, like, with the different music books I've been reading is uh, you don't need to try to imitate anybody or, like, you've got the music that makes the biggest impact on people is from your heart. Mm-hmm. And it's meaningful because it's how you feel and it's coming from you. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And so have you, uh, from again, going from that 15 to 16 year old to now, mm-hmm. did, did you find yourself struggling with that at all? Getting jealous or being unsatisfied with where you are or? No, I think I like, I jumped into it so young that, um, it's just, it's been the mindset for a long time to work together with people and, um, I feel like the only time I've experienced that was like when I was a kid, there was like a, our group was playing at the farmer's market and there was a, there was an older musician who put a really, really mean note in our guitar case. And it was about how like, because we were there, it was taking people away from listening to him. And it was a really, really mean note. And I, I think like him doing that, I was just like, wow, why would anyone ever be so mean about um, like someone having people to listen to them. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just like, why can't we all share? And yeah. that might have like caused me to never do that. I, I mean, yeah, it, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think maybe just how I've grown up too, it's always been don't just don't do that. <laughs> yeah, you, you came into you came into contact with them like that's no that's that's bad. Like, yeah, that's I will bad. never do that. Yeah. yeah. That didn't make me feel yeah. good. I'm not gonna um, do that to someone else. Yeah, that's just crazy. I I, I like to encourage and support people. Mm-hmm. That's the issue, I think, with a lot of people seeing it as a competition more than a, like we're on this yeah, together. Yeah, it's not a competition. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where it's like it's understandable for your soul. Again, if you're a particular kind of way and you've had certain experiences and you view yourself in this kind of like these horse blinders to where that reaction can pop up. It's mm-hmm. like, but you have control of your actions and to change your you know mentality mm-hmm. to where – I could see like in the moment be like, oh, I'm frustrated because they're really good and like I'm insecure. But then it's like, I don't like leaving But turn notes. that frustration into be like, oh, they're really good. Let me spend hours learning this and getting mm-hmm. better. Like yeah. turn your jealousy into motivation. Exactly. Because <laughs> all you have is control of yourself. And yeah. so you got to focus on that. Um, I keep I keep saying that it was the last thing, but I have one more question. Okay. I'm sorry for being a liar and, and let everyone know here that Kyle Stuke is a liar and is untrustworthy. Yes, <laughs> finally. <laughs> no, it's like I've got what I wanted. <laughs> I'm just wondering uh, if you have any advice for younger artists or musicians listening, going like, "Oh my gosh, Ashlyn's so cool." Which, first off, correct young listener, she is. But um, if they're listening, be like, "Man, like." I don't know where to get started. I feel like there's the easy go-to answers. 
And so maybe you're like, ah, oh, it's an easy go-to answer. But nonetheless, what what advice or thoughts do you have for maybe people who are really interested in doing what you do, being the full-time musician? That are already, that like maybe already play music a little bit, but mm-hmm. they're interested in taking it to the next level. Exactly. Um, I think a great great way to kind of get into that is um, in like the beginning, what I did was just play as many places as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. And um, just get in front of as many people and work really hard. And people start to notice whenever you're doing eight shows in a week, they're like, what's, what's going on? Like, and then they're kind of intrigued and, and also you playing that much um, makes you a lot better. Mm-hmm. You, you're, it's like you're getting practice every night and you can find directions and play new songs in front of people and um, see what works and what doesn't. Um, another really good thing that I encourage people to do is uh, go to the open mics around if it's in Northwest Arkansas or mm-hmm. anywhere and um, you can meet other musicians and kind of like form a support system of people that are trying to do what you want to do and um, you can do open mic and then usually from those you could book a show wherever that's hosted and then you could find another place to do a show and um, I don't know, even now, sometimes I'll go to, um, open mics and I'll play a new song just to see, to be like, it's a really great space to be vulnerable. Mm. So if I have a brand new song that's like half written, I'll be like, let me play it at open mic and see what people think. And test it out. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I think it's great to like, just start going to shows and ask musicians in the community that, um, you look up to and. Ask them, like, hey, what can I do? Can you help me do this? Or... No, that's all great. I, I, I was hoping one of you be like, oh, you just need to start, which is, <laughs> is valid advice because sometimes I think people are just, you know, held to fear too much. But I think yeah. those were all really great practical examples. Yeah. I also, the, the, the workshopping stuff is something I still don't understand. It terrifies me. I'm like, why would I put something out that's not finished? It seems <laughs> so scary. But you hear comedians and musicians say that all the time. Oh, yeah. So it's definitely valid. No, yeah, I'm just a little time. scaredy cat. So. Yeah, I'll do it at like normal shows too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and no one knows if you do it right. That's, I, I wouldn't do it right, so that's why I'm afraid. <laughs> Sometimes I don't either. Yeah. Um, Noah, any mm. last questions that I missed? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of disjointed, a little more trivial stuff, but I was curious since you traveled a bunch and played internationally and stuff. And I mean, this could be a local place, which would be shocking, but did you have a favorite show or location that you've played so far? Um, hmm. One of my favorite places I've played so far was in Copenhagen mm. and it was called Mojo Blues Bar. And, um, all the tables were candlelit and it was full and oh. everyone was like just listening and so sincere. And, um, I just love, I loved every part of that show. That's really cool. Um, it's funny you said so far. Mm. I also Ooh. really enjoy doing so far sound shows. Um, they have a network. Of, oh yeah. Like I think over 400 cities around the world and I've done, I think six or seven and mm-hmm. I'm going to do more in the future, but, um, it's got that, European listening room yeah. style. Yeah, I have and a friend who plays uh, so far shows in London. Mm-hmm. Um, he really enjoys doing those. That's yeah. that's cool. <clears throat> um, my other question was, uh, well, what instruments do you play right now? Um, out like at shows, I've mostly been playing ukulele and guitar, but I do also play like mandolin and bass and banjo. Mostly string piano, instruments. Okay, yeah. Flute. <laughs> nice. Um, it, it, if there was one instrument that you can't currently play that you could learn, what would it be? Um, 
Hmm. Do you have one that you're like, in a perfect world, I would also know how well, to play I, this? So I, I play, uh, I know how to play like electric bass, but mm. I'd really like to know how to play stand-up bass. Oh, yeah. That's cool. um, and since I'm one of my bandmates plays one in mm. our band, I've I've always thought it'd be really cool if we could switch around and if I could play the bass, then all three of us could play all three of the instruments. Oh, yeah. And so then it's a really, that's a, that's a fun change when it's like, you can switch it all kind up. Swap and I want to be able rotate. to do that. That's cool. And I've done that with the electric bass, but stand-up's another. It's very different. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So I, re- I really would like to know how to do that. And because I'd like to, I'm going to try to do it. Nice. At some point. Yeah. It's going to happen. Good attitude. You can do it. <laughs> you <Thank> got it. <laughs> Anything well, else, it. Noah? No. Fantastic mm-hmm. questions. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. Last stain, and it is part of the game, but okay. it's a, it's a it's a new game I created for this night and this <laughs> night only, just because no, no. I was I was feeling creative. So this is not the time to workshop your ideas. Hey, <laughs> she inspired me, and that's part of the show. So suck a butt. Um, I I wrote three song titles for oh, no. your next album, and I want you to tell me <laughs> which one, if you had to put it on the album, you would choose. And I tried to incorporate them. To, to have your life in them. So tell me out of these three, which one? So you looked into my life. I looked into your life. Titles. I it's wrote not some weird. song titles. I love it. I think it's beautiful. <laughs> I'm a poet. Anyway, so here are the three song titles. Okay. I broke my hand, but I still got Jeeves. <laughs> <laughs> Next, <clears throat> crisscross applesauce in a Swedish house show. All right, that one didn't get as much if you, if you ended at house, it would have rhymed. Crisscross applesauce in a Swedish house. That's so, I have to, I'd have no, to do. I, I'll tell you, I was quiet because I was like, I'm shocked, like how accurate, like you like looked into. I got creepy. <laughs> and the last one is lust for fork and crest. That's pretty. Hmm. So, which of those three, if you were forced to put on your next, I album, know which one my favorite is. Okay. I I think I like. It's between the crisscross applesauce and mm-hmm. the at a Swedish. House show? Yeah, crisscross applesauce in a Swedish house show, or at—I mean, it's your song. I mean, yeah. Or I broke my hand, but I still got in a Swedish house. Okay, I I like that one. I feel like it's a tie with the Jeeves because that's really funny. Okay, I like the first one. Well, I expect—I expect to see that on the next album. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could have written more. I was having a lot of fun, but then I was like, I need to think of actual questions. (laughs) All right, so we've come to the end of the interview, but it's. It's not done yet, guys. Oh it's time goodness. for rapid fire. Mm. Ashlyn, we explained this to you beforehand, but just for any new time listeners, we're going to ask you questions quickly. Uh, do your best to respond as fast as you can. But if you can't, you, if you don't feel like it, you can say pass or um, you can think about it and then we'll edit it to where it sounds like you answered it fast. Just joking. <laughs> we never do that anyway. Okay, wait. So you know all this stuff about my life, but what's my first name? <laughs> Because you've gotten it wrong a couple of times. <laughs> oh, I guess I've uh, I guess I've written it incorrectly. Ashton. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Just make a check. It. Just but check I have it. written it wrong right here in the title, so that is why that happened. Please forgive me. No, you're fine. No, I am not. I deserve to be shamed. Noah, shame me. I'll whip you later. Okay. <laughs> Jokes on you. I'll like it. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Um, are you ready for this rapid fire? Yes, I'm ready. Ashton. <laughs> yeah, you, you got it. <laughs> My. <laughs> <laughs> in a physical brawl to the death, polar bear versus grizzly bear go. Who would win? Polar bear. What's the thing that causes you to procrastinate the most? Not having caffeine. 
Devandra Banhart or Paul Simon? Devandra Banhart. You said it better than I did. On a scale of one through ten, how much do you think your boyfriend looks like Tyson Ritter from the American Rejects? <laughs> I don't know what Tyson Ritter looks like. <laughs> Dana, I'll show you after. Looks like your boyfriend. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Say eight. <laughs> Max, yes. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Maxines or the nines? Maxines. If you had to choose between starting, sorry, excuse me. If you had to choose between starting a solo punk band or a fifteen-person rap group. Which one would you choose? 15-person rap group. I would like to hear it. All right. (laughs) Best way to relax while home from touring? Hot tea and a bath. If I cry every day in the shower, is that sad or is that okay? It's okay. Thank you. (laughs) That's it. You nailed it. That was rapid fire. You crushed it very quick on the spot. Mm-hmm. Sonic the Hedgehog, perhaps? New nickname? I don't sure. know. <laughs> Thanks, No, You sound confident. Ash Tin, thank you so much for joining thank us tonight. Thank you for having me. You've been a lovely guest. I've loved listening to you. I feel inspired. And again, like that's so fun. And I'm sure our listeners will as well. If they want to um, hear more of your stuff, engage with you, where can they find you on the interwebs? So, um, the easiest place you can go and find everything from there is my website, which is ashtonbarbary.com. Okay. And um, I've also got Facebook and Instagram and all the YouTube, things. all the things. Okay. Well, all those links will be in the show notes, guys. So I'll find them. I'll put them there and then you can just <laughs> click. I'll do the work for you because I love you. Um, I think... I had a thought and now it's gone. Noah, I also appreciate you coming and hanging out with me. It's so fun having you. Noah and I are both on Instagram and so is Ominous Media, Ominous underscore media. Find you. (laughs) Oh, I think you're already following us, but um, uh, you you go ahead and look. Um, I'll take (laughs) take extra love. Um, We have new episodes every Tuesday. And again, be sure to look for uh, Ashton's music video as well because they'll be there. And I'm excited to watch it whenever it comes out. Um, and just see what else you do. So anyway, Noah, Ashton, I hope you both have a lovely evening and it's been so lovely talking with both of you. Thank you so much. I feel like I said lovely too many times. Oh, no. yeah, that's fine. <laughs>